0: Young. Young
1: entertainment. Young entertainment
0: entertainment professionals.
1: Professionals. Young entertainment professionals.
0: People ask about songwriting versus performing all the time, and I don't think I can do one or the other. I think it's one of those things where you write songs and you need people to feel them, and you need to know they felt them.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals Podcast, where we sit down with the people cultivating the entertainment industry and the influence YEP has had on their music industry community. I'm your host, Libby Ulrich, and today's guest has spent time curating his songwriting craft from the likes of country, blues, and Americana influences such as Merle Haggard, Ray Charles, and Daryl Scott. Ben Danaher is a Texas native and comes from a musical family, specifically his father who spent time touring as a singer-songwriter and greatly impacted Ben's decision to pursue that same career for himself. Ben has participated in Yep's Writer's Rounds and got connected with the Yep community through one of our co-founders, Andrew Cohen. In this episode, we talk a great deal about mental health and the industry, a topic we featured in a past Yep Life of an Entertainer event. Ben shares his own experience and perspective on defining success and how other creatives can be mindful of the comparison game. For news on his upcoming tour dates and new music, visit BenDanaher.com. You can also follow him on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now to our episode with Ben Danaher. Ben Danaher.
0: What's up? (laughs) Did you just squat for yourself? (laughs) No, I was doing like the scene. The scene clap. You know, like before they shoot a movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, never mind. You're it's living. You're boring. living. You're living a movie. What kind of movie are you living?
0: Um, it's a documentary about a guy. <laughs> Keep
1: going. Yeah, <laughs> this is good.
0: Struggling, and uh, now um, I don't know. How's Carl? Carl's making it. He's. Uh, it's becoming case by case basis.
1: Yeah, Carl's the van. For Carl, people that are listening and don't know,
0: Carl Van Her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last time I went on tour, he he bl- threw an alternator on me. Oh, no. In like, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay. Which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily, I made it to, like, 15 miles from the town that my grandmother lived in. Mm-hmm. And so I called my uncle, and he came to the Love's truck stop outside of there, and we changed it in the parking lot, which is—I was very proud of that one. <laughs> but, I'm sure. Yeah, which is funny because my dad— So my dad was a touring musician, and he met my mom in the same area because his car broke down. My dad's from Vermont. My mom grew up outside of Opelousas, Louisiana. Mm -hmm. My dad was driving a Toyota Celica and pulled into the mall parking lot, and my mom came out of the store from her shoe store job, and he said, ma'am, do you know how to pop a clutch? And she got in the front seat, and he pushed the car, and she popped the clutch, and then they started hanging out, and that's how they met. And, like, I... Had my uncle Randy. <laughs>
1: that's shark. the that's the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, that we were talking yeah, about yeah, from the yeah. get go of this
1: episode. <clears throat> yeah, that's amazing. So yeah. Well, so I know that your dad has inspired a lot of your music mm-hmm. that that you've written. So can you get into that a little bit? before? Sure. We...
0: Yeah. Uh, he was a songwriter and toured and made albums and, so we always had like music equipment at the house and it was, uh, kind of ingrained in our, in our upbringing. My. um all my family played. My brother played drums. My other brother played guitar, and so that was uh, that was you know <clears throat> by association. I was mm-hmm. in the band before I even knew how to play the instruments. <laughs> so yeah,
1: you know the you knew the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, it was it was truly inspiring as far as like to cut your own path, you know, that's like being a musician is, is not something that like anybody tells you that you should do, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, people might say, oh, you have a cool voice or you, uh, I don't know, you should do music, but that usually fizzles out after it gets hard. Right. But like once you, you bypass that, like that was what was really inspiring about my dad was he had a lifetime of it and it was, there wasn't a lot of people going keep going, you know, like, not that they were telling him to stop, but it just,
1: there wasn't a community, like maybe you would say that you have here in Nashville, would you say, like,
0: uh, no, I mean, I wasn't trying to allude that he didn't have that support system, but yeah, yeah, I'm grateful to have that here, Mm. but, um, I just feel like it was inspiring to see somebody just keep trucking Gotcha. after years and years and years of being told no, you know, right.
1: Um, so can you dig into more of your experience of, mm-hmm. like, building your career, doing basically everything from mm-hmm. marketing yourself, mm-hmm. writing songs, recording, touring? Yeah. Just just kind of what, in, what went into that, what you learned early on and what you look back and that you're thankful that you experienced.
0: Sure. Yeah, I'll kind of fast track it. I, um, I went to college in San Marcos, Texas, and um, started playing gigs around there. My brother was playing guitar for a guy named Pat Green, um, who was kind of on top in Texas at the time. So I, I got a really good dose of um, grassroots marketing and how to like build a brand without a record label that way. I was like, I got to see somebody actually be really successful at that. Um, when I started writing songs and playing, I didn't really fit into his format of things. I, I, I banged around Texas for a little bit trying to find a place, and it didn't really fit. Um there was a guy named Alan Shamblin who is a, a big mentor to me. He's from the town I grew up in Huffman, Texas. Mm-hmm. And he kind of talked me into moving up here. It was like all of songwriting business and, um, people who are taking it seriously live here. And so I moved up here and I think in the first couple months, I thought I was going to try to just come in and get a publishing deal. And that was going to be like my thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, and the, not that I was expecting it to come easy, but it was like you know you write a lot of sad songs it's hard to get people on board unless you're like a pop writer or like you're writing um singles or if you had something going on already, and so I you know I was getting the the pat on the on the head and, and move along, and that was fine and I started looking at people that I admired the most, and it was guys like Daryl Scott or Bruce Robinson or um, Rodney Foster. And they're amazing songwriters. They had integrity. They did what they wanted to do. They made records, like Patti Griffin, Lori McKenna. And they may not get 100 cuts a year, but they're making records, and people are going and buying those records, or bigger artists are recording songs off of those records because they've created such a brand mm-hmm. of songwriting. Or Travis Meadows is another example of that. But, um, and so I kind of had this like epiphany of that, like I'd rather put my energy into that um, notion than to try to go find a record label to like, like have me, you know, it's like, I might as well just like create this own thing for myself. And then if you like it, great. If you don't, I'm still going to tour and I'm still going to play music and I'm still going to try to have a career at this um outside of whatever you think the norm of whatever everyone else should be doing.
1: And I'm sure like with that probably would come to with people see I I guess you know stumbling a, across your Instagram profile mm-hmm. and not really thinking about well what is he signed to? Oh, mm-hmm. he's already got a brand established and they're going to be really looking at that.
0: Mm, I don't you know. know. <laughs> you know, I still struggle you know? with the branding part of it. It's it's hard. Um you know, I, I've had a lot of people help me over the years with the social media stuff, it's like because it I mean
1: it's tough for everybody. Like you just don't it, yeah. it changes. It's
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a tricky game and it's a frustrating game. You know, yeah. it's hard to, to do that.
1: Do you ever take time away from it, like when you're creating for a project or? When mm-hmm. you,
0: you know? I should I should because it, it your mental health like suffers. I think when you're like so far in it, you know. I was we were just talking about going to on site. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest takeaways I had from going to that um, program was that you give your phone up for a week, and I left there just like, holy moly, I'm a totally different person. You just felt lighter because, like the it's whether you want to or not, you're you're gonna compare yourself to everyone else that's doing things, and with music, it's such a tight circle, you know, and you, you know everybody, and you know the background of everybody's. Teams, you know? And so it's like
1: And I notice like even the friend groups that mm-hmm. interact with each other on
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't say that in a way of like that that's bad, sure. but it's like you know so and so's friends with so and so and they're like mm-hmm. they're doing stuff together all the time or like they're creating this or
0: like mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah, it gets to be where you start going, Well, how did this person get this thing? Or how did this person and, you know right. and that that takes you completely out of your your creative space or your game or your work, you know? Mm-hmm. it's hard yeah
1: for sure mm-hmm. um so can you talk about your yep involvement a little bit the writers rounds that you were in and mm-hmm. then even like as far as to um getting to know andrew and yeah
0: yeah um andrew i i met him uh kind of before i moved here he was working at a booking agency that booked me and um he he's one of those guys where you're like he knows everyone and like if you have uh mm-hmm. any kind of concern issue or if you need anything he's like my first call like it's like hey who do you know here automatically knows somebody somewhere and so he kind of connected me into yep and uh, they they had a couple writers rounds at like the basement and the sitting room and those are great I felt like every time I played one um, some kind of writing opportunity evolved from it or a publishing meeting for a while I was like, I, I was trying to book a writer's round every couple of weeks because I felt like every time I got on stage, something mm-hmm. shook shook loose. You know, mm-hmm. like and not like big opportunities at the time, but like more movement than just going to work. You know, and like talking to the people that you wrote with every day. Right. And so it was good. It's good networking kind of thing.
1: Um, what did you enjoy about like the network that you met through yet, like the people that you? Did you uh, meet people that you would have never met otherwise?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, some of them I, I knew just by association. Like Andrew's got a really great friend group that uh, I already kind of knew some of that crew. Mm-hmm. But there were definitely artists that like I wouldn't have have had any business being in the room with unless it was that. Um, I ended up on a slow pitch softball team with about <laughs> four other writers who got signed to big deals, and it was like this is how Nashville works. You know, it's like. Yeah. Um, you know, I talked about my dad writing songs and trying to get songs recorded on other people's records. You know, he lived in Houston. It was almost like being on an island when you're when you're concerned with like meeting other people, people hearing your music. Like I got on the slow pitch softball team with some of these yep people, and it was like <laughs> before I knew it, you know, two of them got signed to Universal, four of them had publishing deals, and it's like you're already writing with these people, and it just you just planted yourself into a situation that could allow you to be successful
1: which makes it a little bit more organic i'm sure as well. yeah. yeah 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 um so let's talk about the music mm-hmm. about the touring what's that what that's been like for you what mm-hmm. you've learned through like the whole performance <clears throat> aspect mm-hmm. of what you of what you do
0: yeah um it was a pretty big year for me touring um i hadn't i hadn't done that much in a long time i put out a record in september and so we we pushed really hard for as many shows as we could um Touring is, is funny. It's, it's such a push and pull, you know? Um, every time I get on stage, I, I need it. You know, people ask about songwriting versus performing all the time. And I don't think I can do one or the other. I think it's one of those things where you write songs and you need people to feel them and you need to know they felt them. And like, um, so for me, uh, you know, example, I, I lived in Vermont for a summer with my grandmother mm-hmm. and I wrote like 12 songs for a new record and I, I kept calling alan going man i feel like i'm getting worse at songwriting because nobody was hearing them but my grandmother and <laughs> she loved everything <laughs> but um and then i played one show and instantly it was like you got your your groove back because you just felt it you know like there's mm-hmm. a there's like an unexplainable feeling of being on stage and performing um so yeah i um we we did a lot around the record release um and then I, I, you know, pushed for as many shows as I could and just and got...
1: Didn't you tour with Lori McKenna?
0: Yeah, I did. That was, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. She was about as, as awesome as you would expect. And
1: that new album is like... Yeah. Love it.
0: That that situation in particular I felt like was a miracle for me because I, I was supposed to go on a European tour with mm-hmm. Wade Bowen and um, Wade is like one of my best buds and... He a week before we left, he had a vo- a vocal cord surgery, and oh, wow. so I had booked a bunch of flights, and we were all ready to go. and uh, And Beth Laird had emailed me and was like, "Hey, would you be interested in touring with Lori on this week?" And she goes, oh. Wait, I see that you're going to be in Germany, and I was like, No, no, no! Like, I was no, like, that, no, that, no,
1: not going to be there. That got canceled
0: today. <laughs> and uh, and right so, now. I booked a one way flight from London back to Boston, rented a car, wow. and did that tour. And it, it was, it really pulled me out of like a a dark spot. Not that like anybody like else like was responsible for it. It just was a tough yeah. go in Europe without like all of our gigs mm-hmm. got canceled. And so I was like, what? I had basically two shows. And like twenty five hundred dollars worth the flights to make sense of, and so Lori was like a godsend, and she could not have been sweeter to me. It was amazing.
1: I love her. Yeah, me too. Um, what have you got going on now with projects? Yeah, <clears throat> touring. So you have a couple dates scheduled.
0: Yeah, I'm going on a um a five show tour with Aaron Lewis, and then um I just started working with a new booking agency, and so we're working on more dates in the fall. And uh, I got a recording um, six new songs. I'm going back on the 29th to start cutting again. And so I'm excited about that. And so we're putting the hammer down. Yes. Where <laughs> yeah. can
1: people find find your music?
0: Yeah, all the socials. um mm-hmm. will have all the info on it. It's uh, Ben Danaher Music. Or I'm sorry, Instagram is Ben Danaher Music, and then just Ben Well
1: before we close out you Mm -hmm. gotta tell me one of your mentors that you look up to and what they've taught you
0: Yeah I mean outside of my dad definitely Alan Shamblin has been the one Mm -hmm. he's just got like the most pure take I think on creating music and like I was very lucky to see that first and not get here and like not that I think I would have gotten tangled up in trying to chase dollars but his game is not like that Mm -hmm. it's all about writing the song first and then figuring out whatever later you know one of the best pieces of advice he ever told me was that your next song is going to be your best booking agent it's going to be your best publisher it's going to be your you know your best record label and it's true because you get in it and even if you get those things even if like the biggest record label in town decides to work with you if you don't have a song you don't have anything and that's was the best thing anybody could told me.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Any of his songs that you that you love? That he's oh, written?
0: yeah. He just wrote a song on Carrie Underwood's new record called "The Bullet."
1: I th- I've heard. I've heard that. It's amazing.
0: You better be careful when you. listen to it. It's like Natalie Osborne showed it to me in a uh, publisher meeting. I was like a puddle. It was like so bad. Um, that was good. I, I know. I've always been a fan of "I Can't Make You Love Me," which is. Like oh yeah. That song's been recorded by over five hundred people, and like. Um, the house that built me it's a was a great one. yeah he's so he's the jam. he's awesome
1: for sure. Well, hey, always a pleasure. yeah, thanks for joining me.
0: Thank you, Libby.
1: Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Young Entertainment Professionals podcast. For news on upcoming events, our newsletter, and how you can get involved, visit yepnashville.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search at Yep Nashville. I'm your host, Libby Olerich, and until next time, discover, cultivate, accelerate.